you could lead our Spanish service. I know Irwin can't. <clears throat> we ready, boys? Yeah, I, uh, you know, there's all kind of things that, that I, you know, it's in my heart and my mind, and, and a lot of times, you know, I'll be sitting there, and all of a sudden, something will come to my mind, I grab my laptop or my iPad or my phone or something, and I, you know, I write these thoughts down because the Bible says they are the words of life. They're eternal. They, they give me uh, a life eternal in these words, and, you know, if we're not careful and if we're too busy, you know, we may miss things that God is revealing to us because we have other things that are our priority. And I don't think I should, I try not to allow anything to be a priority of God speaking to me. And so, you know, a lot of times if somebody were to tell you, let's say, the three numbers to win the lottery, but you don't stop and pay attention and you are distracted over stuff that doesn't matter compared to winning the lottery, don't you think it would be sad for you to not pay attention to just that time so you can win the lottery? Some of you would be, how many would be discouraged that, man, I wish I wasn't distracted by watching Bugs Bunny on TV. I would rather have, well, I wish I'd have done Well, that's how I feel about God speaking. Everything comes to a halt. Shh. They used to have a TV commercial called E.F. Hutton. Y'all remember that? And when E.F. When e. Hutton spoke, guess what? Everybody stopped and listened because I guess they were wanting some, some kind of investment news or something like that. This morning, you know, I don't know where I heard this, the ramblings from a lunatic or the ramblings from an old man or some kind of, I don't know if it's something I read before, if it's a book or if it's a memoir or whatever, but last week I tried to, in the beginning of the service, lay down in the best way so far that I can say what happens to people when they die according to the scriptures i did that in the first part and then the second part i tried to address my perspective of mother's day and you know i appreciate so much i have one lady tell me she's she's glad that i took the hallmark off of mother's day and i was like hey i like that you know and is that what i did i guess that's pretty good i guess but you know we are so multi-membered and we all come from from some walk and some background and some experience that generally there's only one type you know of so many type of experiences but everybody may ha have a different experience even though it's nothing new every experience that i have ha is something that somebody else has already been through and probably will go through but i may not experience the what you are going through and so anyhow when we have that, that type of body you know i always hear people talk about that proverbs 31 woman you know, I even wrote a song about it, you know, about handmaiden of the Lord. And, and I literally stole, or, excuse me, borrowed or used the scriptures for the verses. But what I learned in my relationship with Yahweh is that Proverbs 31 really isn't talking about a woman, a wife or something like that. But what it's talking about is the bride of Christ. It's a multi-woven tapestry with all these different colors and, and shapes and all. And it's like, that. that's what that really is all about and really that's what humanity is really all about so you know uh i did my best last week to to do those two things and uh and, and today i desire most earnestly in my effort and in the strength of the word of yahweh to assist you i love people to assist me i like to be assisted when i used to play basketball I didn't like to have assist, even though I didn't care. I mean, I liked them okay, but I'd rather have somebody have an assist to me, and who knows why, so I can shoot. But I want to be an assist to you, and I know many that are watching us now more and more all the time with, a, with this firmer grasp that we can lay hold of that hope that the Bible has set before us. Even in the face of adversity and, and compromise, and people who just are too blind to see. To be able to help you know the only true God, the only uncreated one, and Yahshua Christ, whom Yahweh begat through a human woman by the seed of the Word. i got to tell you, that is life eternal, to know Him, to know Him. Paul said, I, I count all loss, nothing really, except to know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. Why did Paul want to know him in the, what was in the power of his resurrection? Because he knew if there was no resurrection, then it was all over and everything would have been in vain. And as 
we grow and as we learn and as we start like children, we have to begin. I, I never will never forget when I was in school and they had those little, uh, I guess they weren't paper, they were like a little thin cardboard, and it had the staff lines of uh, when you learn to write, and then it would have an A and a little a, and a B and a little b, all the way across to the front of the room above the, the chalkboard, if anybody knows what that is. They, they called it the blackboard, and I was always confused because ours was always green. I mean, I guess we go to the cheap school. We can't have a blackboard. We get the green one. And I've had my share of dusting erasers. Anybody have your share of dusting erasers? Okay, Johnny, you got to stay after school. What are you going to do? You're going to dust the erasers. <laughs> my mother thought I was on cocaine or something. No, I'm joking. That was before all that. That letter A, that beginning, that it, and if we get the, that process wrong in the mystery of what God says, I guarantee you, if you were in kindergarten and first grade learning your ABCs and you learned them wrong, it could cause you to be arrested later in life because the police will pull you over and say, hey, say your alphabet. A, X, B, 2, 5. I mean, you know what I mean? You got, it's the same way with our walk with God. And it hinders our pro progress because we get off track onto something different that's not the way of God. And it prevents probably our entrance into what the Bible says we all are seeking. The Bible says we have to seek immortality, not that we already have it. So what I believe is you have to let Moses and the prophets, the Old Testament, be your cloud by day. And let Yeshua and the apostles be our pillar of fire by night. We have to not allow one to stand alone. There are both two lips of God, so to speak, that speak to us. And one side cannot make a perfect sound, and one side over here can't make a perfect sound. It takes the whole counsel of God's Word. The Bible says you add to your faith virtue, and then your virtue, you add knowledge. Most people add to their faith knowledge. And because of they have no virtue or character yet being developed by a spiritual father and the ways of God, then what happens, they jump on the knowledge and they get puffed up with it. They think they know something, but it wasn't letter A, B, C. It was letter A, and then they jump to some other letter that even, even in God's alphabet and false teaching. But when we do it correctly, we find this beautiful shadow of the law and the testimony of the Old Testament and the prophets the law, the poetic books, and it is a beautiful, exact reflection and shadow of that wonderful, glorious substance that Paul says that correlates with the New Testament, for lack of a better word. I think it's just one Bible. That's what I think. And Paul says what we find in between that, he calls that Christ. Not the man, Yahshua Christ. Remember, Yahshua's last name wasn't Christ. Joseph Christ, Mary Christ, John Christ, and Yeshua Christ. That wasn't his last name. It is an entitlement and a word that means anointed. I want to say this very humbly. There's a, a rich mine, 1425 Northeast 63rd Street. I like to watch Gold Rush. Do you like that? And really, I just want to jump to the end of it to see how much they got. I want to right now, okay, okay, blah, 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 okay, you did that, and you got mad at him and all that. How much did you get? And I see the effort and the millions of dollars they spend to get millions of dollars. But many people haven't yet conceived the rich mine that we have found. We just had Passover recently, and you know, one of the things they do in Passover is they take a napkin and they hide something, and the kids have to go find it, which I believe is the treasures that are buried and wrapped together in this clean place all by itself and laid there by the eternal spirit, by, his own, by the own hands of God for us to be able to dig and to search and to find and to know these wonderful things. He would say, where is it? Where is it laid? And this is what truth will say to you. Listen. Come and see. Come here. And only then and only when we have found that pearl, which is hid in this gospel of the kingdom. Then you will find a man or a woman who will indeed sell all he has to retain that. Because nothing will be able to compare. The Bible says wisdom has counted its cost of that thing, that immortality, that truth, that secret hidden thing, that mystery that's not a mystery, but it's a mystery to those who still walk in darkness. 
It says it's counted the cost of it, but it tells us that the value of that cannot even be estimated. It's so beyond anything that we can even, that's why it, 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 it concerns me when people will trade their birthright for a bowl of oatmeal. Now, I like oatmeal, but I don't like it that much. They will swap immortality for something that the moths eat and rust corrupts. Shows me they didn't start with A, B, C. They got off track somewhere because the modern Christian gospel cannot bring you what I'm preaching about. It's, it is powerless because the, the gospel that Paul preached is the power of God unto salvation. It changes a man's life forever. The Bible says you can buy that truth, but you better not ever sell it. You see those men who have wisdom, who have found that place, they hold that so dear to them they, you can't snatch it, you can't pry it, you can't bribe them, you can't offer, you can't trade, you can't barter, you can't convince them to ever turn loose of that wonderful truth because it is so precious. Like the psalmist David said this, Thy ways are ways of pleasantness, and all thy paths are peace. Or step by step, wisdom lifts her children. I got to be honest with you, and even though the evidence of her being in our lives are only first, you know, uh, here a little, there a little, we go here a little more, he's there in our life, we walk and we get this process as it begins slowly. When we get a hold of that pearl and we get a hold of the real thing, that Spirit of God's mysterious, and I hate using that because people think it's, it's something that's spooky and not available, but it's not. It's old poor hunger and thirst after righteousness. And nothing can erase that from the being. And as we follow on to know that truth, what happens, you'll see a doctrine develops. Not a doctrine of a denomination, not a doctrine of a man. Yahshua said this, this doctrine is not my own. It is the doctrine of him that sent me. The heavenly doctrine of truth. Yes, there is only one gospel, the Bible says. It's not 33,000. We have to be taught about God before we can really come into the, 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 to that Christ thing. That me being invited into who God is, part of God's family, being adopted into sonship. And the only thing that can draw us there really is, listen, the, the knowledge of the Father. And in the past few months, I've been trying to show you and tell you who the Father really is. I used to did a study years ago when I was younger about the word attend, attend to my words, attend to my words, give attendance, and what that really meant. And so I realized that I had to give attendance with all that I have and all that is in me. And the Apostle Paul puts it this way. He said that we may understand what God at sundry times and in diverse manners spoke in the time past unto the fathers by the prophets and in the last day of the end of the Gentile age, he has spoken to his son. So let the ear of our understanding catch the sound of what you're being able to blessedly have ears to hear, if you will. As Paul put it, that we may be able to comprehend the manifold wisdom of God. Hallelujah! Everywhere in the Bible, leaven is used to represent sin. And you know what leaven will do, don't you? You get a little bit of leaven, and it'll, just, it'll permeate everything in you. But there's one place in the Bible where it calls the Word of God leaven. That was such good news to me. That the word of God has as much power to permeate and saturate and affect me and change me like leaven, like a piece of bread. And if we will develop in the warm atmosphere of faith and the hope that surrounds it before the rising process can in, 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 uh, affect that whole lump, that's what we must have. Years ago, I lived in a little mobile home park. I had a mobile home. We boasted that it was 24 by 44, but that included the tongue. <laughs> it was really only 24 by 40. You live in a mobile home, Johnny? It's 24 by 44. And I would come home sometimes, and all over my car would be pans of dough sitting outside or inside the car. I'm like, what? What is that? Mold? There they are. My wife's making homemade bread. Hallelujah. So what is it doing out here? She, she 
provided this warm atmosphere. Listen, without true faith, the true faith, having true faith, that's believing what God really promised, not what God didn't promise. Not misplaced faith. You can have all the faith in the world in Muhammad if you want to and the Muslim religion, but how do you know it won't do you no good with God? And anything that God didn't promise that you're believing is useless. I guess a good illustration that I've always used with us in our walk is we've left the land of darkness, Egypt. We crossed the Red Sea of baptism. And we learned that song of Moses. But a great wilderness is where we have found ourselves. It's called the wilderness of sin. And what most people want to tell you is once you find Jesus, you know, there ain't no wilderness. You all, you in the promised land. Wrong. So their expectations are of disappointment that there ain't no milk and honey yet. Let me tell you what the, the wilderness is for, and I want you to hear me. It's to get the slave nature out of you. It's to get the slave nature out of you. For 400 years, you, your daddy, your granddaddy, his daddy, 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 mama, 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 cousins, everybody were slaves and they had a slave mentality. When you are slave to sin and God delivers you from that, he has to take you through a time of delivering you from the slave mentality. And some people never get over it because they have a spirit of poverty. Let me tell you what spirit of poverty is. Never getting enough. Never having enough. Oh, if I can just get $100,000. If I can retire for a million dollars. If I can do that, I'll be happy. You are a fool. You have no clue of reality. I have a bigger house and I can get more cars. If I can do this, if I can show that, that teacher said I was going to be nothing, that I'm something. That teacher's dead and they didn't care to start with. Do you hear me? Yeah, but my teacher loved me. Okay, that what, if you talk to them now, if they are alive, they won't remember you. No matter how smart you were or how bad you were. There are exceptions to that. Don't get crazy with me. How do we know? He, it's exactly what happened to Israel. Where he tries you as silver is tried. He refines you as gold is refined. You have to pass through the land of the enemy. The promised rest is beyond. And although you can pitch your tent for a little while to maybe have a little rest, we got to keep marching because the enemy's near. Let me tell you who your enemy is. You! I did a teaching on these enemies about the parasites and the, I mean, the parasites and Amalekites, and I did a, a word study on what all those words mean, and every one of them have to do with uh, our personalities, attitudes, thoughts, and what people would want to do. They want to come into the land of the kingdom and think that they already know everything and that they can get free, and that because they said, Jesus coming in my heart, that they don't have all that slave nature in them. To me, if I have to take a test in school, and the teacher says, Johnny, you're going to have to come back tomorrow and take the test again. Guess what that makes me think? If you have to retest, what does that mean about your previous test? You failed the test. God ain't like it that it is today. He won't just pass you to get you out of his class. i got to tell you something. If you keep on going through the same thing, it's because you failed it the first time. And one of the reasons God knows it is because our belly aching about what we have. I'm going to speak to you, and I want you to hear Yahweh speak to us today. We make an image of our own imagination of what we think Christianity is and what our world should look like, and we start worshiping it, and we aren't satisfied with the pattern that Yahweh says, this is the pattern, this is the way, walk ye in it. It's how it's going to be. It's this way or no way. It's my way or Yahweh. Too many times we get thirsty. What do we do? We want to strike the rock of truth with a rod of error like Moses did. We should be walking like little children in meekness and let us wait upon those clear, sweet waters of Yahweh to make those provisions for us and we can wipe the sweat off our brow. One of the things, and I don't, I've taught this years and years ago, it may not mean anything to some of you, but I need to say it because I believe what Yahweh put this in my heart and I know he'll quicken it to those who are hungry. They would place their rod before the mercy seat in the evenings. And in the morning, they would come in. Aaron's rod would be budded, even with fruit, almond buds. And those who weren't doing it God's way, all they had was still just a stick. Can I tell you, God can bring fruit to a stick. <laughs> because it's there. Hear me. That's where Yahweh, our God, has promised to talk to us. Quit listening to the evil report of the land. 
Let's be satisfied with these grapes of Yahweh's promises born as they've been on the shoulder of the prophets, the apostles, and the Lord himself. Here it is. This is what's going to happen. This is how you do it. And here's the result. Tell you what truth it does for me. It points out the abundance of my inheritance. And it always reminds me. You see that? 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 That's me. It may be a little easier for me, but it depends on the person, I think, where I have to trust Yahweh for people to believe the Bible and in what we're doing and what the tithes and offerings and all that. That's I have to trust and walk in faith with Yahweh about that. So when something great happens for me, it ain't because I went out and sold 10 cars or, or made that. You know, It's a little bit different, but I want to tell you, it can't be for you. You need to have the mindset, oh, look what happened. If it wasn't for God, Yahweh's grace and mercy, look, that right there, that right there, that right there. Can you make something happen? Yes, you can, but it, was, it will not be eternal. It may suffice you for the moment. You can get water out of the rock, but you don't want to drink it, trust me. And we're deeply and continuously engaged in an atmosphere of divine thinking. You ain't got time or the inclination to plot disobedience and sin and play the damn fool. A fool has said in his heart, there is no God. That's what the word fool means. You don't really believe there's a God. You don't really believe there's a consequence. You don't really think it's true. But you do it some for whatever reason, a little bit of it. But you really in your heart don't believe because time always reveals what we really believe. Who you are in the dark when nobody's looking. We have left our minds vacant from spiritual things and the vocation of our idle hands of not doing what God's called us to do. I'm talking about people, and I hate to use this scripture, but I believe this is what, how God wants me to say it. For those that never know how and haven't learned how to enter into the veil. Because they haven't, been, they haven't been allowed to. They think they can with the sin. Dirty hands. Dirty feet. Now this is the ramblings, my ramblings today, okay? I'm not trying to teach a specific lesson from the Bible or doctrine or something so people can know the truth. I'm, you can call it how whatever, an exhortation, a prophetic utterance. A, you can call it whatever you want to. But I want you to hear Yahweh talk to us today in this. The mighty hand of God is working. Somebody asked me the other day, in fact, I think it was Wednesday night, we were talking about, people say, I feel something different at church. I said, what is it? I feel, I feel like something, man, it's good. It's, man, we're excited and all this. Why? I said, because God had to get all the grumblers and the complainers out. Even Yahshua can't do, couldn't do miracles with people who are full of unbelief. And if you think you can be a grumbler and a griper and complainer and have unbelief, hey, God can hear you and want miracles in your life. It ain't going to happen. I taught you on angels. These angels are assigned to regulate the purpose of Yahweh on the earth, the destiny of nations, the destiny of this church, of my life, of what I do, what happens to me is in the control of divine power. That's what I believe. It's a little scary, but it also gives me comfort to know that, I'm, that my footsteps are ordered by God. The natural circumstances that exist in history and, oh, Russia and Afghanistan and this and that, I don't even worry about it. But what if something happens? You ain't going to do nothing. Worrying ain't going to change the events. But ultimately, I know that I am in the hand of God, and whatever he has for me will be best for me. And that don't mean it's going to always feel good. Because everything that feels good isn't good for you. Do you all understand that yet? How many of you got that yet? Yeah, but it felt good. Yeah, well, how many years did you get? Well, do they have any, any uh, penicillin for that? Hey, don't look at me like that. The preacher, you may want, he, he, he may be over here. This ain't me. This is me. This is how I talk. This is how I live. Handle it. I ain't talking to y'all because I know all y'all talk that way. There's an assignment determined and control that the angels receive from the uncreated one. And I've told you this before. Where no assignment exists, your life is a gamble. And your life will just happen to you. My life ain't just going to happen to me. Well, what about the bad stuff? It ain't just happening to me. See, people don't recognize what I speak. The part of me said, John, if, you were, if you're going to be and talk like that in church, don't you think there may be some people that might come to the church that they may come to the church, but they wouldn't come if they heard you say damn fool or something like that? You know what I said? I don't care. I don't care. I don't want them. If they're not here for the truth, if they're here because of something I am or not, I'm not talking about living in willful sin and stuff. You know what I mean? I don't, I, I'm, I've already dealt with people like that. I can't, I can't handle them. I, I'm, I'm, not, I can't, I don't, I'm not equipped to handle the capacity of their negative and all that kind of stuff. I don't, no, 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 no. 
found out a long time ago, in all your loving the unlovely and the burdened and the downcast and those people that are hurting and all that, and all that you give your life to and give to them, let me warn you, remind you about one thing. You better protect your family from them. They'll get involved in your kid's life and other people's life, and they'll, they'll hurt them. They'll hurt them. What you're trying to do, try to help somebody, be careful who you let come and who you, let me put it this way. I remember 1976, I had a 71 Volkswagen. I was going to I-75. Never been on I-75 in my life south of Atlanta, pretty much. Here I come, Lake City. I mean, I'm with, I'll have my son. I called it a rapture roof back then. I had my rapture roof. I was, man, I was getting it. And there's this guy on the side of the road on I-75. I picked him up. Some of y'all look at me. No, you didn't. Back then, we didn't even think about it, did we? He told me his name was Ted. I said, well, Ted, where are you from? I'm from out the West Coast. I said, well, what are you doing here? Well, I'm running. No, I'm kidding. You know, but you never know. You never know. I mean, I picked him up. Today, y'all better be careful who you pick up. Huh? You better be careful who you ask out. <laughs> oh, my God. There's a lot of people, they don't have an ear to hear what I'm saying. Man, I just don't. But as Sawyer Brown says, some girls don't like boys like me. But some girls do. Huh? Some people don't like it, but some people do. Not the tone of my voice, even though evidently I have this distinctive voice. I have been in a store one time and somebody said, Apostle Johnny, I heard your voice. I, I know that voice. But I'm not even talking about the tone. But recognize the voice in the sense that people can recognize the truth that is spoken. And they recognize it as the word of God. We are his sheep. And if I speak his voice and you speak uh, his voice, people will hear the voice of their master, the great shepherd. But most people ain't in that fold. Most people are not the sheep of the true shepherd. Most people don't recognize his voice. Most people don't recognize the truth. Most people will follow strangers. Most people will follow the wolves in sheep's clothing. They follow the false leaders and false doctrines. Listen to this. They follow stupid friends. Can I tell you all something? I need to tell you something. Let me tell you what the Bible says about people who have left and, and they don't believe this and all that. The Bible says don't eat with them. Don't bid them God's speed. I know that's hard, but that's what the Bible says. You're going to need to deal with that. You hear me? Just be careful because you follow stupid friends. And worst of all, we follow our own fearful, faithless flesh. And we follow worldliness to try and experience happiness. See it all the time. We're going to live like, if I do this like the world, then I'm going to be like, I, you know what? I've seen the housewife shows. I, who wants to be like that? Those people are crazy. They're stupid idiots. Are you kidding me? Somehow we see that. I want a house like that. I want a dress like that. I want a car like that. I want to do that. They follow worldliness and try to get happiness. They build bigger barns in search of peace and joy. And we, we do it in America through recreation, relaxation, and hallelujah. I mean, I hear it. Uh, I got three more years since I'm going to retire. Dude, you can't stay up past seven now. What you going to do to retire? I saw a thing, and I think I shared this before, but they were in a gondola in Italy, you know, this old couple that says, you better travel before you retire because that gondola guy was doing this, and this old, old couple was there, and they were both passed out, you know, drooling all over themselves. <laughs> Let me tell you what about true sheep. This is John 10. A stranger they will not follow. They'll flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. This parable spoke Yahshua unto them, but they understood not what he was saying. And when Yahshua said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, I am the door of the sheep. And I preached about that a few weeks ago. i got to tell you about religious people. They just don't know what to do when they hear me speak. Play golf with these older guys. How, do, how was the Easter service? Y'all have a good crowd? I said, Easter service? I don't celebrate East, that pagan thing. You mean to tell me you're going to worship your Lord and use the name of the most pagan, incestuous, horrible queen that ever lived? What is wrong with you? Oh, no, okay. But they're old and they forget every year. And they're trying to be nice to me. They don't want to hear me. You don't want to hear me talk about it. They don't know what to do. 
Most of the harlots clergy don't really care. Uh, Bevy said, hey, did anybody say, she don't even say this anymore, but hey, did anybody say anything about your Facebook post? I said, no. They know better. What are they going to say to me? We don't believe the Bible. These scriptures are wrong. They're not going to say that. Let me tell you why. Because the harlots clergy don't really care because their so-called beliefs that they have have no conviction. Mine do. Oh, I have conviction about what I believe and what the Bible says. They don't have no conviction, man. They just teach what their denomination tells them to teach so they won't vote them out. Or they just steal or what they call model or market their church after what seems popular. Go to a conference. Oh, I don't guess they do this much anymore. What do you call it? Skinny jeans. I don't know if that's a big thing now or not, you know. I mean, once you get so fat, all oh, your jeans are tight. I mean, that's just what it is. It's just the way it is. You know, I, I don't know. God bless the man who invented elastic. That's all I got to say today. God bless him. Can we just bless him here today? Oh, that elastic is a wonderful thing. They named their churches some of the most neutered, pansy whamsy names. Come visit us at Mountain Stream. I'm like, this is Florida. Unless you're in Mount Dora. How about this? We're having services this week at Bubbly Water. Now, you're going to get some drinkers to go to that. Y'all got bubbly water? Uh -huh. And this is my favorite harlot church, Chuck E. Cheese. And they, and they might as well call it that. Can't I just be honest? Can't I just be honest? Can you take me just being honest? Come on, man. What about bubbly water? We're the hill. Let's get a new logo. I found this out. People don't like that I base my beliefs on the Bible. What? And when I speak and when I teach, it forces them to face the fact that they have to deny the very words of their own Bible. They don't say nothing to me. You ever seen white smoke come out of the exhaust pipe? I pull up next to them at a red light. White smoke. They're blowing the carbon off those spark plugs, I guess, or whatever. Maybe I'm just speaking from a long time ago. Do we still have spark plugs? All right. I'm going to finish with this. <laughs> I didn't say when. <laughs> Jeremiah chapter 15. I'm going to read the, I'm going to bore you with the Bible today, but I want you to listen. You want to know the Father? Listen to your God. Listen to Yahweh's what he's saying. And Yahweh said to me, to Jeremiah, even if Moses and Samuel were standing in front of me, I would not feel sorry for these people. Send them away from me. Let them go. When they ask you where they should go, say to them, this is what Yahweh's saying, those who are destined to die, you're going to die. Those who are destined to die in wars, will die in wars. Those who are destined to die in famines are going to die in famines. And those who are destined to die in captivity are going to die in captivity. I will devise four ways to punish them, declares Yahweh. I will send swords to kill, dogs to drag away, birds and animals to devour and destroy. It's all about love. I will make these people... A horrifying sight to all the kingdoms of the earth. This will happen because of what Judas King Manasseh, son of Hezekiah, did in Jerusalem. No one's going to take pity on you, Jerusalem. No one's going to mourn for you, Jerusalem. No one's going to will bother to ask how you're doing. No, you have left me. You have left me, declares Yahweh. He's mad. His people committed adultery on him again. You've turned your back on me. So, I'm going to use my power against you and destroy you. I'm tired of showing compassion to you. I will separate them with a winnowing shovel at the city gates. I will make them childless. I will destroy my people because they will not change their ways. Their widows will be more numerous than the grains of sand on the seashore. At noontime, I will send a destroyer against the mothers of young men. I will suddenly bring anguish and terror to them. A mother who gives birth to seven sons will grow faint and breathe her last. She will die ashamed and humiliated while it's still daylight. I will put survivors from these people to death in the presence of their enemy, declares Yahweh. I told you, you need to know who you're messing with. Y'all hear me? Listen to me. Look at me. Don't let me lose you. Because it don't matter if you believe this or not. That's who God is. You think you can mess with him. You think you got it made. Hey, look how good. I don't. This is what somebody told me before. Hey, my life ain't so bad since I quit tithing. But I know what his marriage is like. His marriage is a hell. His marriage is hell. So here is Yahweh 
And do y'all know who he's talking to? Yes, Jeremiah. And he's telling Jeremiah, bless his heart, this is what I want you to tell them. I want you to think about what I'm saying right here. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Now, Jeremiah, now you heard that. Now you go tell them this. And here's Jeremiah. I'm so miserable. Why did my mother give birth to me? I'm a man who argues and quarrels with the whole earth. Y'all hear what he's talking about? I never lent or borrowed anything, yet everybody curses me. Yahweh said, I will certainly rescue you for a good reason. I will certainly make your enemies plead with you in times of disasters, in times of distress. No one can break iron, iron in the north or bronze. I will give away your wealth and treasures as loot as the price of all the sins that you've committed throughout your territory. I will make you serve your enemies in a land you haven't heard of because my anger has started a fire. It will burn you. Oh, Lord, do you understand? Remember me. Take care of me. Take revenge on those that persecute me. Be patient. What, don't, don't take me away. You should know that I've been insulted because of you. <laughs> you, know what, you know what? I'm serving you. You know what? It costs me. Jeremiah, he's the weeper. He's the crying prophet. Cry baby prophet. But I'm not saying what I would do. I'm not saying I wouldn't cry. Your words were found and I devoured them. Your words are my joy, my heart's delight. I love you. I, I wrote a song. I love your ways and all will love your laws. Because I'm called by your name, O Lord God of armies. I didn't keep company with those who laugh and have fun. I sat alone because your hand was on me. You filled me with outrage. Why is my pain unending? And my wound incurable? Why is it refusing to heal? Will you disappoint me like a stream that dries up in summertime? This is what the Lord says. If you'll return, I'll take you back. If you'll speak what is worthwhile and not what is worthless, you will stand in my presence. The people will return to you, but they will not return to them. But you will not return to them. I will make you like a solid bronze wall in front of these people. They will fight you, but they will not defeat you. I am with you. I will save you and rescue you, declares the Lord. I will rescue you from the power of the wicked people and free you from the power of tyrants. Hallelujah. But listen to this. Today my slant and take from this is this for us. Jeremiah's self-pity is begging God to have mercy on him. And kill all his persecutors and to kill all his enemies. <laughs> I know none of y'all have had those thoughts before. Maybe kill your husband and your wife and children and your next door neighbor that cuts grass at five in the morning or has that dog that won't shut up. See, Jeremiah liked God's words. I almost titled this today Debbie Downer. Y'all know who Debbie Downer is? But he had to deal with the insults about being the Debbie Diner, uh, Downer of the whole nation of Israel for breaking the bad news to everybody on God's behalf. They're having such a good time. He said, excuse me. Hey, 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 can I have your attention a minute? Nobody wanted Jeremiah around. And he was complaining. And he was so full of self-pity. Now hang on, guys, because I want to address you this morning. I couldn't, leave, I couldn't really talk about you last week on Mother's Day. So I saved it for us men today. Ladies, this applies to you too. Jeremiah was complaining about doing what God said do. He was so full of self-pity. Now, I'm sure if phones had been invented, Jeremiah probably wouldn't have been one of those phone-talking guys. Y'all know who I'm talking about? Some phone-talkers. It's like two teenagers. Now, it's hard for me to understand this where a grown man would want to call me on the phone and say, Hey, hello, what you doing? How would a grown man call me up and say, Hey, what you doing? Unless it's just a matter of what we say. We don't really care what they're doing. It's just like, you know, a greeting. It's kind of the greeting we have now. Hey, what are you doing? Nothing. What are you doing? I ain't doing nothing. What'd you do today? Well, I didn't really do nothing. What'd you do? I did about the same. Where it's just quiet on the phone. Like a teenage girl and her teenage boyfriend. I mean, just, I have, I, I have literally awakened the next morning with that, that phone in the hallway with a long extension cord laying on the thing saying, knack, 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 and I'm like asleep. Somehow talking to some chick on, excuse me, young lady on the phone, and I fell asleep. Hey, what are you doing? What else are you doing? What's going on there? Can I tell you something? I believe a real man needs to quit being a busybody and get off the phone and get a job and show his family some attention and study the Word and seek God. I believe in the two-minute warning. And there's exceptions. Any phone conversation over two minutes is most likely a breeding ground for gossip and complaining. Hey, come on! 
What's that? Do you hear about so-and-so? It's almost impossible for us even to visit people and not gossip and complain about it. Because that's just what's in us. Just like this dude, man. Jeremiah felt sorry for himself. Poor me. Poor you, Jeremiah. My God. God spoke to you. You're complaining. God spoke to you. Yeah. See what Jeremiah was. Oh, excuse me a minute. He was a victim. <laughs> he was a victim. No, Jeremiah, what you did, you have become too emotional. Can y'all hear God talking to you today? Sounds just like the male species of today. Let me tell you what today's culture has, guys. You better wake up. It has an agenda, and that's to make all of us men a bunch of crybabies. Country music, I heard them say, well, if you can't make them guitar strings bend and make somebody cry, it ain't real country music. Because you know when a man cries, he's a real man. I say baloney. Should a man be able to cry? Of course he should. But dang, today's culture is to make us weak, guys, and too emotional, too thin-skinned. You can't even talk to somebody like a man anymore. I've tried it. In this house, and they run off to their mommy because they can't take correction. The only thing that's going to get them a well done without correction, you're a bastard, the Bible says. And it ain't because the daddy ain't here, it's because the son refuses to stay. They take their little balls, ball, and go home. Pardon me. Hello. I'm going to tell you what I refuse to claim to complain about my life, my circumstances, the responsibility and calling on my life. I refuse to gripe and whine to God about how things are. Bottom line, i got to tell you, I've looked around. I've been places. I've seen things. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Hallelujah. I'm blessed. And so are you. You better wake up before it's too late to start thanking God. There may be a hundred things wrong in your life, but there's millions of things right. Listen, this is what Yahweh said to me this week. He said, I hear your belly aching, and I hear your ungratefulness. He put this thought in my mind, and my mind went here. Psalm 34, 19. How many of you heard many of the afflictions of the righteous, but the Yahweh delivereth him out of them all? How many of you know that scripture? But this is what he told me. He said, that, that's for afflictions. That's for afflictions of the righteous. He said, afflictions ain't your problem. Inflictions are your problem. We're inflicting ourselves with these problems. Y'all hear what I just said? Yahweh said, it ain't the afflictions. He said, I'll deliver you out of all your afflictions, but you are inflicting yourself. Poor little old me. Poor little old me. And we don't say it, but we say it. You know how things are, bad things are for me? Listen, I don't want to hear it. While you're living in the house you're living in, driving all those cars, eating out all the time, come on, come on, you big baby. You don't know what hard times is, but I don't want to hear it. You know why I say I don't say poor little old me? Because I ain't poor. You hear me? I ain't poor. I'm a grown-ass man up here today. If I took this shirt off, you'd see a big S on my chest, Danny. Don't you hear me today? And I don't care if anybody else thinks it or not. I'm strong. And when the crap comes in my life, I'm up for the task. Come on. Bring it! <laughs> Baby! <laughs> Oh, kids, come here. Come here. There was a guy who used to come to our church every month when the bills were due, the 10th of the month. That's why I say that men have periods just like women do. Theirs is the 10th of the month when the bills came in. And there they are, whining, griping. Oh, God. He bring all of his kids in the living room. We're going to lose our house. We're going to lose everything. Finally, they grew, they, after about 10 years of that, they're like, ah, Dad, shut up. I say, bring it. Every car I ever owned, pretty much, has a Superman emblem on it. And it don't just stand for snail grove. It stands for strong. Guys, don't let anything make you weak. Don't do that. Don't do it. The world is trying to tell us that we cry babies. If we cry, we're strong. If we show our, how weak we are, <laughs> I need something. I need, I need. That's what the world wants us to be like. When I see a man suck it up, and I hear people say, you're just faking. You don't really feel that way. You're just in denial. Yes, he is. He's faking it. And he's sucking it up like a man. And he's like, bring it on. 
I will not be denied. I will not be deterred. I'm going to stand strong for my God and my family and my ecclesia. And I don't care what comes. I'm not ever going to not stand up for my God. He brought me too far. He quit. If, if, I'm, if I'm over today, boom, I drop dead right now. I'd say it's been worth every minute. That's not the real him. Yeah, you know what somebody said? It was Lady, Lady, Lady Gaga. She said, I was born this way. I believe it. And sin. The real me ain't a good me. The real me is a weak me. The real me is a bad me. The real me is a lying me. I can go on and on. I'm, I'm not trying to be the real me. I want to be the real. Don't you be the real you? No, heck no. Yeshua saved me from being the real me. I want to be the God me. I want to be the strong man of God. I don't want to be that man that's crying and, oh, what are we going to do? Like a man that sucks it up. I believe Yahweh has called us guys to be strong. The rest of the sissies can either go home or, help, or join us. Everywhere I go, ain't nobody looking for no weak man. Everybody looking for a strong person. Everybody searching for strong men. Yahweh blesses strong people. I ain't talking about necessarily muscle men, but hey, that's fine too. But I'm talking about strong in your mind. I'm talking about men who are strong in their faith. This kind of guy. If God be for us, who can be against us? That kind of guy. Let's go. Let's do it. Are we going to do this? Go, let's do it. Come on. Like David. Somebody said something contrary to what God, who God is, David said, what are you, who is that idiot? Who is that fool down there? Give me a rock. I got to tell you a story. I was, I was golfing one time in Jamaica, man, and I was on a par three. I'm going to tell you the power of a rock. You, you want to hear it? Par three, Connie. I hit a nice shot. We were watching it. A little cut. Freddie Couple cut. <laughs> I four put it. No kidding. And off the hill there, was a block house that, and if you've ever been to Jamaica, some of these countries, people start houses and never finish them. That block house had never got finished, and there was a couple of shanty shacks and stuff there. And all of a sudden, there were two guys with dreadlocks. I don't know if they were Rustafarian or not, but one was chasing the other. And we found out that the one in the front had taken a golf ball. What mine? That he found up there. And the other guy said, that's, was saying, that's my ball. And he was chasing him. The guy in the front had a machete, and he's running from the guy with a rock. <laughs> I swear it's the truth. And that guy, oh, I said, dude, you got a machete. Go cut his head off. Oh, that guy had that rock. There's a power. There's power in that rock. Hallelujah. I'm talking about men who have desires for God that are stronger than any desires for any temporal thing or any temporal things. But until you take accountability for your own actions, you ain't ever going to be strong. Listen to this. This is why my word, I'm, I'm saying Yahweh's saying it today. I'll stand before him, whether it's true or not. I believe this is God talking to us. Weak, quitters, soft, crybabies, chickens, faithless, fools. Life is too heavy. Feel sorry for me. It's so hard. Poor me shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So the truth of the matter is, people who want to continue to refuse to believe, accept, and be grateful for, and thankful for all that God has blessed us with, if we don't do that, our heart will get hardened. And as I like to say, it becomes sermon-proof and spirit-proof. Because Yahweh will stop working in you both to will and to do of, do of His good pleasure. And what you will do, and I can, I can give you mug shots, and lineups of people who go back to what they used to be. They may say Yahweh now or Yahshua, have their own doctrines or whatever, but the fact is, they'll go back to their vomit. See, people think they know God. I don't think they do. This morning, I want to leave us with this. One of the things Yahweh called me to do as a young man in 1979 was to warn people. So I don't want anybody ever to be able to say that I didn't warn them. And I do it with a heart of gratefulness, I'm not, I'm not greater than Jeremiah was. Trust me, the, the pressure he was under was way under the little bit of Facebook pressure I might get. You know what I'm saying? Oh, God, oh, I wrote that on Facebook. What if somebody thinks that I'm wrong? <laughs> what persecution? I'm in Facebook jail. Oh, my God. Shut up. 
Jeez. We're living in that day, the Gentile age. The tares are coming to maturity. And the angels of Yahweh are separating them from the wheat. It's very evident, the tares from the wheat, the goats from the sheep, the bastards from the sun, the crybabies from the strong. Those that play victim to how bad they got it. Let me tell you, if you live in America, you ain't got it so bad. Face it. I'm not saying we don't have problems, you know what, you know what I mean? Come on, nobody ever said that. I'm not afraid of the truth, are you? Don't be afraid of the truth. Away with the truth. Don't continue thinking you need help. To get where God wants you to be or where you need to be by manipulating and putting your own hand in the flesh. That's what circumcision was all about. is to remove the flesh off the purity of that seed. Faith believes prayer does more than our intervention. And you ain't going to have life and life more abundantly any other way to be free. So my challenge to us today is talking about that wonderful treasure that we have in these earthen vessels. That we need to continue the path of developing that. And don't think we've arrived because we got A, B, C, D, E, F, G. We got a long way to go, even to learn things. But to develop that power of God, of his, what he's doing in us. And in the meantime, I'm looking for some strong guys. I'm not looking for quitters. And I mean, I'll work with a quitter for a while till they quit. But the fact is, I'm talking about people who are strong. Not people who are, you know, busy bodies and, and gossipers and people that, you know, don't. They, I'm talking about men who suck it up. Hey, if you're a man and you're married, you just got to suck it up and take care of your family. I told my son this. Oh, you, you got married and you got kids now? Guess what? Your life's over. Y'all hear me? Pretty much. Yeah. You got to suck it up and you got to put your wife and your family first. I respect a man who does that. And I'll tell you what, I, I'm going to close with this last statement, hopefully. I said something about mother, Mother's Day, that we don't need any super spiritual women here. That you, you know, they, they want to prophesy and have, and I believe in intercessory prayer, but I'll, you know, I'll, intercessory prayer women, I'll tell you what, they, they can get ugly. I've seen it. You know, not, that I, not all of them. Y'all don't know what I'm talking about. We're going to have this ministry. You've got to have a super, a super woman spiritually and all that. I just like a good mama. A nursing mother, people that'll love the younger women. But I want to tell you what else I like about a man. I'm not impressed with people prophesying and dancing around the church and jumping and, and doing all that kind of stuff. I tell you what I respect a man who gets up every morning and goes to work. You hear me? And he goes and he provides for his family. And he makes sure that whatever the situation is, and, and you know, whatever the situation, that man sucks up, sucks it up when it comes to. His responsibility with God, first of all. So, bye, y'all. Y'all hear me today?